0: Fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, folks, the Ducks completed their homestand. And uh, it really wasn't what we expected. Uh, the Ducks ended up 1-2-1. and one. We thought they might have won a couple games there, and they didn't. But uh, we're going to get you all caught up on those four games. Eddie and I are going to talk about some of the injury news, some of the roster moves. Um, we're also going to talk about how the Ducks improve, uh, which has been you know, the latest hot topic from everybody, is uh, what's going wrong and how do they improve. But uh, let's get to some of these games, Eddie. Eddie? Um, the Ducks came off, uh, you know, playing San Jose and uh, losing that game, and then they went home to play Vancouver. Um, they ended up losing this one, two to one, in a shootout. But, you know, this game wasn't an overall bad performance. The uh, the Ducks outshot uh, Vancouver 29 to 25. They even got the first goal by Sammy Botnan. Um and then a strange goal by Cracknell tied it up, and then they ended up going to the shootout and losing in this one, Eddie.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought this was a pretty good effort too um you know better than obviously the first game um and you know it all it all comes down to that that crack no goal in the second period was was pretty much a fluke other than that anderson was perfect in, in the game the ducks played you know some pretty good defense as well they you know, couldn't put the puck in the net and we'll come to see that that was that's pretty much been the issue so far this season but you know other than that they, they played a game that they should have won and unfortunately lost it in the shootout and, and only picked up one point but you know I think all in all this was a, a really good game you know they didn't cash in on, on the power play the two chances they had but uh you know Votnin's goal was good and, and you know just not being able, able to beat Miller and getting kind of unlucky on that cracknell goal was was really the, the downfall in this game yeah and if you go
0: back and look at the replay of the cracknell goal it's it's kind of interesting you you look at it and it hits the outside of Anderson's jersey and then redirects into the net, and I, I mean, I can't remember seeing a goal like this before. But uh, you know, that happened. The game ended up being tied at one after two periods, and uh, we actually got to see three-on-three hockey, uh, you know, for the first time officially. We'd seen it in preseason, and the Ducks uh, got pressured a little bit in the beginning, came back strong, got that four-on-three power play, which, if you understand the, the rules now, is when it's three on three and a penalty is called, you, you add a player. You don't go down to three on two. So it's four on three. Uh, and I thought the Ducks could have really finished him off right there, Eddie, but uh, they didn't quite get it done. They went in the shootout. Silverberg came through as always uh, and did what he needed to do. And uh, unfortunately, Perry got poke checked on the very last uh, shootout attempt, and uh, Vancouver pulled out the uh, two to one win.
1: Yeah, and you know they had a lot of good chances, and that that three on three was really exciting. And what they expected it to be, just end to end hockey. You know, the Sedin's being out there is always going to be dangerous, and they had a a couple of great chances as well. But there was a a lot of times that the the Ducks had some great chances, and we got to see uh, a bunch of different lines out there as well, which was which is nice to see and you know, get a, a a taste of three on three hockey early in uh in the season. But you know, unfortunately, like you said, goes to the shootout and. Um, one guy you expect to always score does. Silferberg gets his goal, um, but you know, Perry getting poached checked at the end was unfortunate. He took it a little bit too close, and you know, Miller made him pay. But I guess picking up one point wasn't the end of the world in this game, but we'll see in the, the games coming up. It, was, it becomes a bigger deal.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, you go to the second game in the homestand, and uh, the Ducks played the Arizona Coyotes, who have actually been playing really well. Um, and they end up blanking the Ducks and winning four nothing. You had Hudobin going net. Unfortunately, uh, he gives up three goals in the first, uh, you know, twelve minutes and change. Uh, Anderson comes in, plays well. He only uh, gives up one goal the rest of the way. But the Ducks couldn't find, you know, enough offense. They uh, outshot the Coyotes thirty-seven to twenty-nine. Um, so it wasn't for a lack of effort, but uh, they got nothing done on the power play and not really a lot of secondary chances. They're they just trying to pressure. And it was just kind of difficult. Once they got down three nothing in the first period, Eddie, it just, it just seemed like they were trying to catch up as best they could and just throw whatever they could on the net, and uh, they just couldn't get back in this game.
1: Yeah, and you know you got to give a lot of credit to Mike Smith too. He stopped all thirty-seven shots. Um, but you know the the future uh, of the Arizona Coyotes came through in this game with Anthony DeClaire getting a hat trick and, and Max Domi picking up the other goal and. You know they're they're showing to be the real reason why uh, Arizona is starting off this strong. Obviously, Mike Smith as well, like I mentioned, is is a big reason too. But you know a lot of a lot of good things going for Arizona right now, and unfortunately, the Ducks ran into to them at a at a bad time where they can't score any goals, and and, and Mike Smith was playing strong, but you know not get going 0 for three on, on the power play again. You know coming off going 0 for two against Vancouver is something we hoped adding Paul McLean and. You know, adding guys like Hagelin in the lineup would would you know would benefit the power play, but again, it's struggling this season. And you know, like you said, the, the, the even uh, all four goals were were not that great. But you know, especially the first one uh, by Duclair and and Domi's goal were really ones that Hudobin should have stopped. And you know that you, we get to see Anderson in, in, into the second period, and you know that really sums up the the display by Hudobin in that game.
0: Yeah, and it was unfortunate, too. You know, a, a lot of people at the game were really upset, um, you know, with Hudobin. Uh, obviously not playing up to the way he wanted to in that first period. Um, obviously, we'll talk about it a little bit later. He gets some redemption. Um, but he had a bad night. He had an off night. He obviously didn't have his stuff. But he's still a better goaltender than what a lot of people expect. And you're, and you're going to see... He's going to play better, I promise you, and uh, as we get to the Minnesota game in a little bit, you'll see that he does, so, you know, it was a tough night overall, there wasn't really um, a lot of life uh, in the Ducks after that first period, I mean, it's just difficult, once you're down 3-0, uh, it's tough, and, and like you said, you know, Mike Smith, he's a really good goaltender, when he's on, he's on, so... Um this was just one game basically to forget Eddie that's the best that I could sum this one up.
1: Yeah and you know when you start out so poorly it's hard to get back into that game and, and we saw it a lot last season as well and you know when, when you got these two young guys for for a team right now that that's been struggling for so long they they're given such a prominent role on the team and you know that gives them an opportunity right right off the the bat in the season to to start out strong and you know they've been on a line together with with Martin Hansel and you know they've done they've done really well and like I said running into them at the wrong time where you know they're gelling off preseason and starting the season strong and you know they we're struggling to score goals and putting our backup goalie in for the first game of the season you know everything kind of just came together uh, you know at the wrong time.
0: Yeah, you're, you hit the nail on the head on that one. And basically, we had hoped for a better outcome. In the next game against Colorado, and unfortunately, almost the same result. The, um, the Ducks lost in this one too, not getting a goal. The, uh, the effort was a lot better. Anderson played in this one. The Ducks lost three uh, nothing. You know, the early goal by McKinnon uh, was kind of a killer in the first minute of the uh, first period. Uh, but the Ducks did play better. They outshot Colorado 35 to 25 in this game. Uh, they gave up the empty net goal later on um but the effort was actually uh, better i thought the De- ducks played better in this game compared to arizona uh another big issue was the power play Eddie. i mean they had five opportunities in this game and they just could not get it done at all
1: yeah and up until that point in the season again the power play was still 0% going zero percent going over five like you said and you know that that early goal by mckinnon was, was a killer to the momentum in the game and you know, being at home, it just kind of sucks the air out of the arena, and and then another good performance from, from the an opposition goaltender. Red O'Bara, had a great game, and you, know, you can't really blame them on, on not scoring. And it, it's been frustrating at that point, you know, being being so many games into the season and having only scored one goal and and being shut out in back to back games. You know where you've outshot the the, the team, you know, in, in a pretty good margin thirty seven shots in the game before and thirty five in this game, and you know running in, in, into two goalies who who stole the game for their team but you know you, you can't look at that and say you know that's why we lost they, they had a better effort than the game against uh arizona but you still with with a team with this much talent you have to figure out a way to put the puck in the back of the net and you know to that point they seem to not be able to figure it out
0: yeah exactly and, and it was a surprise like you said you know uh barrett came out there instead of alarm off has not played well uh you know this season as you know which was kind of a surprise so when barra came out and he's been the hotter goaltender you know maybe that threw uh, the ducks for a loop but uh you know he was on his game just like smith was on his game so that you know running into a couple hot goaltenders like you said was difficult and you know unfortunately in this game too we saw um uh simone Dupré get hurt in this one and uh He's still been out. Uh, we'll, we'll have some more updates and uh, news later on in the podcast about that, but that was kind of an unfortunate thing uh, that happened and you know ended up uh, bringing Holzer and uh, Theodore up for the last game of the homestand, Eddie, which uh, this one was a better performance. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better. The Ducks ended up taking out the Wild, who at this point had not lost a game in regulation, and the Ducks took them out 4-1. to one. We had the Ducks' defense providing all the offense in this game, it seemed like, with all the slap shots. You had Cam Fowler rearing up uh, on the slap shot there to get the Ducks going. Um, Hampus ended up getting an empty netter. And we finally saw some you know, ugly goals. Uh, Santorelli got that one in front of the net and uh, ended up putting it back in there. And some of the things that we talked about that the Ducks needed to do, they did this game. Um, they they got outshot a little badly, 35-22, to 22. But I thought the effort in this game was uh, pretty, pretty much the best one. Uh, Maybe similar to the Vancouver game, but uh, still room for improvement. But overall, a very good game, Eddie.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought it was a great effort. They they didn't put as many shots on goal and. You know, they did get a lot of puck luck, which they weren't getting in the first few games. And, you know, they, they got a couple tips on the first two goals. And like you said, on Sanarelli's goal, getting a little bit lucky there. And, and you know, even on the empty or two, just kind of shoveling it out. And the fact that it ends up into, into the net. But, um and, and you know, the Wild had their chances, too. And it, and it wasn't a perfect game by any means. You know, the Wild hit the crossbar twice um, and had that mad scramble in front of the net where, it kind of squeaked through uh, across the line and, and just stayed out uh, on Hudobin, and you know he had a great game by by all means, but you know got like a little bit lucky in some some uh, situations, and you know I, I think they're well aware of that, and, and the score is a little bit deceiving in the end. I think it was a lot closer game than a four-one scoreline. line.
0: Correct, and you know there was a little bit of surprise in this game on a couple different things. Uh, on the defense, we weren't sure who was going to play. We wasn't we weren't sure if it was going to be Holzer. Or if it was going to be Theodore, it ended up being Holzer, which he actually had a very good game, a very solid game. Um, And then the other issue that came up (laughs) during the game was Anderson wasn't on the bench. And uh, I was getting a lot of messages, and I I was talking to Eric Stevens, I was talking to Phil Hewitt during the game, I was trying to figure out what was going on uh, with everything uh, with Anderson uh, because people were noticing that, uh, and I noticed this too, that Perry and Getzoff were actually sitting in Anderson's seat on the bench and some of the other players were rotating in and out. We were trying to figure out what was going on, and we ended up finding out that uh, Anderson uh, was not sick. He was not injured. Uh, that was, you know, the two big things that were out there. Everyone was asking what's going on. We found out that that's n- none of the stuff uh, that was happening. Anderson's totally fine. Uh, what happened, unfortunately, is the uh, scoreboard malfunctioned um, on the side that I'm sitting on, the side that faces the benches. And Anderson went into the locker room to watch the the game and the replays in there because you couldn't see anything on the side that he was on, unfortunately. And, and I know a lot of fans are upset. I talked to Phil about this. Unfortunately, um, there was an internal power issue with the, uh, the sign. And, uh, basically they had to bring it down and, and reboot it and do all these different things that they couldn't do because it worked during the warmups when I was sitting down by practice. And then it went out right in the beginning of the game. So, they didn't want to delay the game. I know a lot of you are upset, but but that's just technology. You know, they had to spend some time fixing it, which they did after the game. That's just kind of the way it went. But Freddie was fine, and Hudobin came in the game and redeemed himself, Eddie, and that's all that really mattered in this one.
1: Yeah, you know, the fact that he's not injured and – uh, we're not facing goalie issues to start the season. Having to bring up Gibson is nice. So. You know the, the, with the scoreboard malfunctioning and everything I mean it's a great relief then I, I know I' I was watching the game and a lot of people are going nuts on Twitter saying that oh great we get, we're missing our starting goalie already to start the season but you know that, that's always good to hear and it's more of a, a silly issue than anything else.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, the benches too, um, they added the VIP seats. And that's why there's kind of some issue with the benches right now that they're going to have to work on. Uh, normally, you've got the uh, the 20 skaters, or actually, excuse me, you have the 18 skaters out there and the two goalies, uh, you know, five skaters on the ice and 13 on the bench. So there's a little bit of issue because they added the seats. So they're trying to kind of figure out the bench issue a little bit. But uh, they'll get that fixed, they'll be fine. Um, you know, some growing pains with some of the changes and updates as far as what they did with the arena and the scoreboard. And those things happen. So everything's good. Everything will be fine. Uh, the big thing is we got to go on this road trip now, Eddie, and we got to, you know, put together uh, a solid, you know, a string of games here because we've got some tough opponents coming up, uh, Nashville and Chicago and whatnot. And we'll kind of talk about those in a little bit. But when the Ducks go on to this road trip, and this has been the biggest thing a lot of people have been asking is, well, what do the Ducks do? What, you know, what is going wrong with this team? How do they improve? How do they get back to, you know, being that contending team that everybody's talking about? Because they've had that pressure added to them, I think, you know, substantially by the media, everyone picking them to be in the final and win. Um, So some of the things that we talked about, and it it sounds simple, but it's really getting back to basics is what the Ducks need to do. And when you look at the five-on-five play, Eddie, we talked about this they need to work on their their passes when they're going up and down the zone, getting into the attacking zone or getting out of the defensive zone. They need to work on the forecheck, which they did a much better job in the Minnesota game applying some pressure. We've seen that in some of the games where they've had spurts of good forechecking and then then they kind of, you know, regress a little bit back. So they got to sustain that. And really the biggest issue has been the secondary scoring, and what I mean by that is not necessarily in the lineup but but as far as chances go, the Ducks have been attacking most of these games they've been out shooting the opponent but they're not getting those those redirects and those ugly goals which they ended up getting in, in the Minnesota game but not in the games before that Eddie so I think those are the biggest three things uh, in terms of five on five play Eddie It would be the four check, the passing and getting those secondary opportunities
1: Yeah and you gotta remember too there's a lot of turnover I mean twenty at least five new players into the lineup it's always going to change things and it's going to be difficult to, to start the season that way and you know they're going to get back to that style and the forecheck style that that worked so well last year and uh, I mean a big thing too so far is that, that I've noticed is, is them getting in, in, in into their zone entering the neutral zone and, and, and their flow of play has been just terrible in the first few games. Um, it was a little bit better against Minnesota, but there's a lot of times where they're just turning over the puck or they're having to dump it in and and then like you said the, the forecheck isn't strong enough to to win the puck back and cycle it around which they did so well last year. Um, and you know that that's something that I'm sure they'll get back to. And you know it's it's Bruce's style of play, and you know they've got to teach it to the newer players. And you know, lost maybe a, a little bit of size in the lineup, but I'm I'm sure it's it, it's still suitable to work. And you know it's just gonna take some time. We're gonna have to wait a couple games, and we've seen it improve over you know each game so far. And we got a a, a lot of tough opponents coming up on the road, so it, it, it's gonna be the time that it's gonna have to you know get solidified and work
0: yeah exactly and uh the other issue has been the power play which unfortunately we thought was going to be better uh the power play hasn't done as well and and some of the issues on that have been um you know getting set up the ducks aren't getting down there and getting set up in the uh, opponent's zone soon enough um they're also trying to make the uh you know the cute play or the perfect play um you know we've talked about that too where they have the opportunity. Like we saw in the uh, the Vancouver game, especially in that overtime, the four-on-three power play, they had chances to you know shoot and do what they needed to, um, especially in that kind of situation with so much ice. But they're trying to make that perfect play. Um, so they've got to work on that and getting bodies in front and screens and whatnot on a power play. And if they can start doing that, they can get, get back to scoring on the power play as well. So those are kind of the issues uh, that I see on the, on the uh, extra man advantage situations, Eddie.
1: Yeah, their their decision making has been sloppy, and and like you said, entering the zone has been sloppy, and and when they finally get in there, they're trying to make that perfect pass, and they've been they've been giving it away, in, you know, in the slot and and along the sides of uh, of the boards, way 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 too often, and it's it's resulted in just poor power plays where they've gotten, you know, a very little time on attack in, in their opponent's zone and very you know very few key chances uh where they have a chance to score so um that's gonna have to be something that they're gonna work on i mean we've talked about this season after season how the power play for some reason with the the scoring talent on this team has just been terrible and they haven't found a system that's worked and you know, they've got some great offensive defensemen on, on the blue line and, and obviously Perry and Getzloff and Kessler and Silverberg guys who who should be putting in, in power play goals for fun and it's something that they've struggled with so far and still haven't scored on the power play sitting in the bottom of the league in, in power play percentage. So that's gonna be something that's that's key to their success this season and, and you know, hopefully uh, McLean and, and Boudreaux can figure out a system that works
0: Exactly. And another big problem has been uh, the lineups, uh, trying to figure that out. You know, we've seen different lineups pretty much every game. And uh, we have Tyler that asks us, you know, who do you think should be on the top line? And we can work from the top line down. Um, I thought the line, the first and second line that worked the best uh, was in the Minnesota game. I liked Haglin on the top with Getzloff and Perry. uh, Cogliano with Kessler and Silverberg on the second line. Those were the two top lines in the Minnesota game. The uh, lines three and four, I like uh, for three would be Sekatch for and Santarelli. Santarelli's played good, obviously getting that one goal, getting in the front there. And on the fourth line, I, I would go with Maroon Horkoff, and then either uh, Stewart or Jackman. And um, that that's the kind of the way I look at it, Eddie. I, th- I think you had something similar, but that's that's the lineup that I would go with. It seemed to be the most successful in the, in the first five games and. Um, You know, that's what I would stick with.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that top six is pretty much what they're going to go with from now on. I, I don't see taking any of those guys out. I mean, maybe the only guy you'd switch out of that top six is Cogliano, and and, and maybe spread out the size out the, throughout the lineup. But I, I like that top six, and you know, I, I pretty much like the that that whole lineup that you mentioned. Uh Like I said though, if if you want to maybe spread the speed out, you can put Sakic on that. Uh, on that fourth line and, and maybe bring up Stewart or Maroon to play with Raquel and Santarelli or, 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 you know, pop Santorelli down there and bring up Stewart. If you want to switch it up and, and, you know, maybe have more size with the lineup for certain matchups. And I, I think that's something they'll, they'll do, but you know, the, the lineup seemed to get, you know, more normal every night and, and solidified. And I, I like the look of Haglin on that top line and uh, Coglano seems to be, um, fitting in with, with Kessler and Silverberg and, you know, barring a, a little bit of, a uh, switch up in, in the third and fourth line i think they're almost set
0: yeah I, I agree with you i think the top two lines is is what we would go with as we mentioned and then the third and fourth line boudreaux likes to use those almost equally so those can be mixed around a little bit but that seems the way to go you know obviously we hope that they do that we'll we'll find out more as uh, practice goes on in the next couple of days and, uh, you know, another question that came up, too, is about the coaching situation, Eddie. Um, we had Jennifer ask about, uh, you know, is there any truth to the chatter surrounding uh, coaching change? And if you've seen some of the articles out there, uh, they've talked about Randy Carlisle and uh, whether or not he should come back to the Ducks or whatnot. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now that uh, n- nobody has talked about Randy Carlisle out here. He is not coming back to the Ducks. It's highly unlikely. When he left, it was a bad scene. Getzloff and Perry did not get along with Carlisle. Uh, he's just the, probably not one of the, the most um, favorable choices, I would think, Eddie. So I wouldn't worry uh, about him coming. Uh, obviously, you're supposed to win, you're supposed to be the winning coach, you lose the four, first four games, so obviously stuff's going to come up and there's going to be pressure, but I don't see him as being the uh, the choice, Eddie.
1: Yeah, and it's a little <laughs> bit too early to, to be speculating about changing the coach. I mean, Columbus is zero seven, and and maybe when you start this te- the the season with no points at all, and, and you're a team that's expected to do better, then then I can see people wanted to you know call for a coaching change. And, and starting the, the season, like don't get me wrong, starting the season zero three and one is bad, but I mean it's a little bit early to be calling for a coaching change, especially when the people available to take his job are not up to the same, you know, quality of, of coach that he is. I mean, Randy Carlisle is a guy that was mentioned and, and pretty much mentioned mostly, um, and, and that just seems a little bit, you know, awkward to, to see him return and the fact that, you know, yes, he won our, our first Stanley Cup, but he left the Ducks in a little bit of an ugly fashion, and, you know, who else is available other than that? I mean, is out there, but, you know, nobody really wants to hire him and then other than that you're going to have to go to Europe or you're going to have to go to the AHL and you know nobody has the the experience and, and you know the, the just the the talent and the ability to coach the players on the team that Boudreaux has right now and i mean replacing him four games in it would be a little bit premature and i think a lot of it um like we've mentioned is just fan speculation i don't think there's any truth behind the rumors and you know now hopefully since they they won their first game um the rumors can die down a bit and, and they can get rolling and, and, and win some of their games so hopefully we won't have to hear about this for too long and maybe like the 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 best situation we're not having to hear about this for the rest of the season but um you know i, I definitely don't think randy carlisle's coming back to the ducks
0: yeah and uh, you know if you're gonna look at options the
1: best options
0: behind the bench you have paul mclean and you've got trent Yannick so I mean, if you're going to reach for somebody, you got those two. And then, you know, obviously a, a very far stretch and outside chance would be Scott Niedermeyer. You know, obviously family's important to him, so he's probably a, a, a real reach. But if you're going to look, I mean, you've got those guys. I mean, uh, that's, uh, you know, who I would think if it was to get to that point. But like you said, I think it's premature. I think everybody's stressed out, arms up in the air. You know, everybody just take a deep breath, relax. Let's see what the Ducks do on this road trip. And then then after that, let's reassess and see what's going to happen. I I think they're going to be fine. They did better in this last game. The Lions got a little bit better, and I think they're going to come out of this and and play a lot better, Eddie.
1: Yeah, but like you said, it's going to be tough. I mean, you're playing 1-2-3 in the West. You're playing the former Stanley Cup champions, and you're playing Minnesota again, who – I'd previously not lost in regulation until losing to the Ducks the other night and you know we talked about it in our season preview Dallas is going to be a really good team if they can you know sort out their goaltending and, and their defense you know can can keep the pucks out of their net and they've done that so far this season and you know they're leading the the west along with St. Louis and goals scored and they're going to be a scary team to face uh, I know they played tonight and, and Sagan and Ben uh, were on the score sheet again and, and they're going to be a scary team to play and know Nashville as well with Rene and and Neil and Forsberg, they'll be firing on all cylinders. And like I just mentioned to uh, St. Louis with Vladi Terezanko, and you know the the just some scary teams coming up. I mean, a little bit of, of relief, and you know, sadly, um, um, Duncan Keith for Chicago is out for four to six weeks. Um, but you know, when it comes to playing them, uh, he he's a big minute eater and, and, and a big player for them. And not having him in the lineup is beneficial to the Ducks to to play Chicago. But you know, you've got five powerhouses in the Central Division coming up uh, all on the road. So uh, this is going to be a real time to prove uh, if, if they got what it takes.
0: Yeah, this is going to be difficult, especially going to Nashville and facing Pecorini on Thursday night is going to be a tough one. Like you said, the Wild, uh, Now, even though we beat them, they're, they're no slouch either. Uh, Chicago, Chicago's always going to be tough. I don't I don't care who's on their team. That's just the way that they are. And Dallas, with all their offensive firepower, I mean, uh, you know, it's going to be tough. It is going to be a a stretch of a week where we're going to have to see how they do. Um, I'm hoping the Ducks pull out three wins on this uh, trip, Eddie. That's what I'm thinking. I I don't think they'll pull out four or five. If they did, I would be ecstatic and super happy, obviously. But realistically, uh, the Ducks need to uh, pull out at least three on this trip wins.
1: Yeah, you know that would be respectable. I mean, I think Chicago is is realistic right now. Um, you know, obviously the the rookie Artemi Panarin has been great for them so far, playing on a line with Patrick Kane, and you know you never can count out uh, Jonathan Taves and the Blackhawks, but not having Duncan Keith this is going to be a real advantage, and you know Corey Crawford's off to a not so great start to the season, and you know it, they're going to have to take advantage of that, and and you know having that game and then. The game against Dallas right after that is going to be difficult. Uh, you know, one one of Cadoban and Anderson are going to have to start, and you would expect Cadoban to probably start against um, against Chicago, um, and then see Anderson start against a, a more offensive powerhouse in, in the Stars. So it's going to be a big game. And that's going to be one of the most important ones, and and you know, picking up three wins in this would be great. Uh, I I think this is going to be you know one of the difficult stretches and the real defining stretch at the, at the start of the season.
0: I couldn't agree more. This is going to be an interesting uh, you know, uh, week coming up here. And uh, some updates on the team, too. You know, there's some movement, some injury news that we can cover for you guys. Uh, in practice, uh, Kessler did not skate today. Um, he was out. Uh, I posted up the YouTube video. You can see uh, Michael Granlin takes a run at him. Um, actually hits him in the head pretty good in the second period of that game against the Wild. There's no official injury report out there, so I don't have any news But on that. But obviously, you can you can go watch the play and you can see it's a, it's a pretty nasty hit. So he took a maintenance day uh, today, but obviously he's on the trip. He's going to be out there. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to play on Thursday. I haven't heard anything different. Uh, Clayton Stoner, he had a lower body injury. He is now cleared to play. We may see him on um, Thursday as well. Uh, Simone Dupre has uh, no update yet. He's still out. Uh, If you watched uh, that play against uh, Colorado, uh, Tyson Berry took a run at him, which uh, ended up giving uh, Tyson Berry a three-game suspension. We also have those videos up on the website, too. You can check those out as well. That's kind of where we are with the injury news at this point. And in terms of roster moves, uh, Wagner and Theodore were both called up. Uh, We saw Wagner play. We did not see Theodore play. They had both been sent back down to San Diego, Eddie.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know it's it's hopeful. We're all hopeful that Kessler's okay. I, like you said, no no injury report, and the fact that Wagner got sent back down is, it, it, it you know kind of points in, the, in in a good direction that Kessler will be ready to play on on Thursday, and you know they'll have to take advantage of that. Having four days of rest is is going to help any guys who had some knocks, and you know uh, we'll see if Dupre is ready. But if not, Holzer it, it should be ready to go uh, with Thadar being sent down. Um, and, you know, it's it's going to be good having those days of rest with, with some guys picking up some knocks. And, you know, the, they'll be ready to go and, and be well prepared to face Nashville on Thursday.
0: Yeah, and, and another question pertaining to that. We had one from Adam. He asked if there would be more call-ups from San Diego. Uh, it, that's kind of really, uh, it just really depends on the injuries, Eddie. I mean, right now, um, no one else has been called back up. Uh, Wagner obviously could come back, uh, Theodore could, uh, you know, Richie's name gets thrown around out there as well. Uh, it's just going to depend on what happens on this uh, road trip and really on what happens throughout the season. And right now we've already gotten into injury trouble, which is unfortunate, with Dupre going down and then Stoner going down, and now he's okay. So the Blue Lines had some issues. So we may th- see Theodore uh, in one of these games. I was really hopeful on the Minnesota game. I was sitting there next to the bench, saw him skating, and uh, – I was hoping he was going to get in there, but you know Holzer came in and he played a good game as well. So we'll see uh, if there's more call-ups, but I I don't doubt there will be more. Like we talked about, San Diego is just down the five freeway from Orange County, so we'll definitely see some more throughout the season, Eddie.
1: Yeah, and you would expect Theodore to jump into a game where where they feel like they need another puck moving defenseman. I mean, we already have three in the lineup with Fowler, uh, Lindholm, and Votnin. Um I think they wanted a little bit more size with with losing to Prey and. And bringing in in Holzer was just something that I think they needed to to go along with with Stoner on, on that lineup and and have a little bit more grit and, and defensive responsibility. Uh, but I'm sure we'll see um, Theodore at some point this season. I mean, he's probably the the closest guy to to making the team this season out of camp. Just the the logjam of defense he has to move through it kind of is, is what is in the way of his progress. But, you know, I, I would have loved to see him play against uh, Minnesota, but, you know, nothing against Holser. He had a he had a great game. And, you know, we'll, we'll see him in, in a couple games with um with San Diego in, in the next coming weeks. And, you know, if somebody goes down with injury or, or somebody's not playing well and Bruce decides to bring him back up, it'll, it'll be great to see how he does.
0: Definitely. And it's, you know, highly anticipated. A lot of people talk about Theodore and Richie and – uh there's a good chance we see one or both of them later in the season, so we'll keep our eye on that situation. We don't want anybody, to obviously, to get hurt, but uh, we'll see. Uh, some of the other things that are coming up um, this week, if you're planning to watch the game on Thursday uh, and you want to go somewhere, we're going to have another watch party uh, at El Ranchito in Orange. Again, uh, you know, last time we had a really good event. We had about 100 people there. Uh, we'll be giving away uh, some more shirts and some more other items as well. The game is early. Don't forget, it's a East Coast game, so it's going to be 5 o'clock p.m. I'm going to be going there straight after work. I hope to get there before 5 uh, and get set up. But if not, uh, and you get there early, go ahead and hang out in that same banquet room that we were in before or grab a seat at the bar. Uh, we've got options for everybody uh, there at the restaurant. And we'll be doing another one next week, too, on uh, Monday. Uh, against the Chicago Blackhawks, the 26th. That one's a 5.30 start, so you get a little bit of more time to get down there and uh, enjoy the game and get some good food. And so we'll have those two planned coming up. Um, also, the website has been redone. It has been posted. I'm not going to give out the, uh, the website address yet. Uh, there's a couple of technical difficulties with it. Um, it looks really good. I, I think everybody's going to like it much better. It's a, a one-stop shop for everything. It'll it'll link you to the store, it'll link you to the podcast, it'll link you to all the articles and whatnot. Uh, I just I'm working with the programmer. There's a few um, link issues that are going on with it, but uh, you'll be excited because you'll be able to go to one spot instead of me posting all these URLs on the uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter and whatnot. We also have a couple new shirts up on the. Uh, store on dnphockey.com and we have uh, I lost count but Phil's been helping me I think we have four or five more shirts coming uh, uh player specific shirts um uh, Hampus Lindholm uh, Kessler we're working on the Anderson one as well I know a lot of you requested player shirts so we're working on those and we'll get those going as well and the last thing is if you get a chance you want to get that third jersey and you don't want to deal with the the team store in the crowd and all that um, you can go to Goalie Monkey in Santa Ana, and you can get it for a discount. And actually, you can get a discount on anything in the store—10% off on anything in there if you mention Ducks and Pucks. Uh, so even if someone is listening, you want to go buy another team stuff. I mean, I don't know why you would, but if you want to buy, you know, something for another team as far as a jersey, or you want to buy pads or gloves or whatever else that you're looking at you can get 10 percent off uh the only uh, caveat to that is it excludes like custom orders or like the, the like the numbers on the jersey but you'll get the discount on the actual jersey and whatnot and they will be getting the third jersey within the next week or so so that's where i'm going to go grab mine and uh have it redone and uh, eddie and i will just be back doing the podcast as usual we'll probably try to do them as the road trips and the home stands kind of go Uh, if not we'll be back on most of the sundays and uh, appreciate all the support i saw a lot of you at the homestand on a lot of the games that came up to me and i I met some new faces as well that i hadn't seen and i just really appreciate the support from everybody and um, don't worry the ducks are going to turn this around we're going to do better and uh, keep the faith and let's go ducks